We are so glad y'all are here at Four Points today. We're going to do a little something different. Uh, but before we do, I just want to speak uh, to our mothers and uh, really to our ladies in general. Um, wherever you come from, what, wherever you are, if you're a mother currently, if you have desires to be a mother someday, or even if you just have motherly tendencies because of your kindness and compassion because you are not a man, then we want to say... That, yeah, that was true. Because we just want to say that we're grateful for you. Um, in particular, um, I want to share with you uh, what's happened to us this week, but very briefly. Um, on Tuesday, some of y'all, if you're on social media, I'm sure you saw this, but on Tuesday, Leah's aunt went to be with the Lord, her mom's sister, and so that was a very difficult time. We had the funeral yesterday, and then yesterday evening through the night, my grandfather went to be with the Lord, and so it was a very difficult, trying week for us and what means so much is um, some of you, some of you guys and the way that it's just a simple phone call. I don't know what it is about guys, you know, like we'll give a fist pump and say, dude, I hope it's okay and we'll put put mud on it, you know, because that's, that's kind of how we think. I don't know if y'all think that way, but most of us guys do. But ladies, somehow in some way God made you so fearfully and wonderfully and it's your tender heart and it's how much you care and we want you to know from the bottom of our heart that we do appreciate that, especially this week. And I'm going to talk more about it next week. Um, it's very fresh, obviously, because I happened at 3.30 a.m. this morning. But it's amazing how it goes with First John chapter 3. So I hope you'll come back and um, allow me to share into your life a little bit of what I think God's teaching me. And there's so many really cool things happening, uh, but I'm going to keep it at that. But this morning, I want to tell every one of you guys that we're grateful for you, that we want to honor you and tell you from the bottom of my heart, our hearts that you mean a ton to us ladies, um, a ton, and we love you. As a matter of fact, when, when I'm reading God's word, and I, I, it's been such a sweet time, these last couple months have been very difficult, and so you find things in the Bible that just like pop off the page, you know, and, and I'm, I'm educated, I've had some seminary, and um, I have a degree, and um, I went to school for Bible, so I should know it, right? I mean, you would think rationally he knows the Bible because he had to take classes on it and when I read it now it's fresher and sweeter and when I read this passage in Proverbs chapter 31 I think of many of you I think of many of you wonderful beautiful women that God is greatly using that I've had an opportunity to get to know at a different level I certainly think of my wife who I'm extremely grateful for who is on the stage with me right here and uh, so many of my family members but I want y'all to look at uh, Proverbs 31 and just, just a few verses with me this morning. And husbands, I want you to consider this about your wife. What a precious gift you have in your wife. Whether you have kids or not, if you have a girlfriend, if you have daughters, this is your precious child. And mama's everywhere. We love you. Strength and dignity are her clothing. And she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom. And the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Man, that really describes a bunch of our ladies. It certainly describes my lady. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellent, excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of, the, of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. And so, ladies, we just want to tell you that 
this is what we think of when we think of you. We want to honor you today and tell you that we are truly grateful for you. And so, mom or future mom or aren't ever going to be a mom, but you have a mom, ladies in general, we want to tell you we love you and we're grateful for you. And so in light of that, we wanted to do something a little bit different. We talked about it as a staff and kind of going around the room and uh, this, this might be a newsflash to y'all, so brace yourselves. I'm not a woman, nor do I think like a woman at all. Uh, there's not a whole lot of feminine bones in this body. I'm guts and rocks and, you know, ugh, put mud on it. So uh, I, I wanted to get some, do, just do something different, have fun, right? We started church, so we, that's what we get to do. So anyway, um, I wanted to bring our wives up. These are the staff wives. This is Angela Barnett. Everyone say, hi, Angela. That's very good. Uh, her, Angela's husband is Austin, but I've never called him that, so y'all can call him Betus. He's actually standing right by the exit sign right now. Y'all say, hi, Betus. So this is Mrs. Betus, and this morning we will be interviewing her and having a lot of fun. Then this is Jenny Scott. Excuse my bottom being in your face. This is Jenny Scott, and Jenny is Josh's wife. Uh, they've been married for almost a year. I just thought about that today when we were doing our thing because June's coming. So um, anyway, that's just an ADD moment. Y'all go with it. And so uh, we're really excited about uh, Jenny. And by the way, how many of y'all were here Friday night? Friday night for the women's thing? Was it not awesome, right? So um, y'all know Jenny. She's spoken to you and she serves out there rather than the kids areas. But our wives kind of hide sometimes and you miss them. And so part of the thing that we wanted to do for y'all is kind of let y'all get to know who they are. Because I know y'all know me based on I'm loud and eccentric and on the stage. But I wanted y'all to kind of get to know them as well. And here's why. This is my wife, by the way. This is Leah, and she's awesome. So anyway. Okay, so, but what, what we wanted to tell y'all, what we wanted to show y'all today is this, and this is the, like the goal when you walk away, is that you'll be encouraged. You'll know that we struggle just like you do. And then at the end, I got something for you that... I hope God moves, and, and so that's the goal. But here's the biggest thing is, y'all, we're just like y'all. I mean, not everybody's going to get to know us on a personal level because as we grow, the truth is we, we can't be friends with everybody, right? I mean, we call everybody our friends, but the truth is we have a handful of friends in the world, and we, so people are our acquaintances. The more we grow, the harder it will be, but what we want you to know is honest to goodness, we hurt, we struggle, and we laugh, and we are just like you. The one thing that I pride myself on is that what you see right here is what you would see out there all the time. That's not always good. <laughs> Sometimes I say stuff, and it's like, I need a filter, a 10-second delay while I'm preaching, right? But, but we are what we are. Not everybody likes that. If, if that's not what you want, if you need a preacher or pastor's wives that are uh, higher than you and uh, speak differently and say thou and stuff, this isn't going to be the church, right? Because I'm not that, and neither are they. And that's kind of the goal today. So we're going to start with a little fun. We're going to start with a little fun. So question number one, we will start with Leah. And Leah, I'm very close to you, and I'm bigger than you, so I just want you to remember that. All right, so question number one. I'm not afraid. <laughs> question number one, tell us a funny story about Mark that I don't know, <laughs> just kidding, that we may not know. 
Uh, well, I said in the, um, to the ladies, as soon as I saw this question, I had no doubt what it was going to be. Um, so I just have to preface it just a little bit. Um, when, before we got married, uh, I had several stories of his father doing the same thing. And I guess I should have gotten a clue and tried to be prepared for it when it happened. But um, we were just married. And we were asleep, dead asleep. And if Mark's ever said anything about me sleeping, I have no problem sleeping. I'm out. I'm out. (laughs) And so we were just in bed, just sleeping. And uh, there is a large window on my side of the bed. And so all of a sudden, Mark shoots out of the bed straight up and says, There's a fire right out the window. That's right there. And I, dead asleep, I mean, panic, of course, in panic mode shoot out of the bed and I'm like, where? Where's the fire? Where's the fire? And he said, no, it's right out there, right out the window. And I look and literally like there's no fire. There's maybe a little teeny tiny red light out there, way out there somewhere. But I looked at him and went, are you serious? Like, are you awake? Or what's going on? And uh, he kept on saying, there's a fire. There's a fire, Leah. There's a fire. There's a fire out there. We've got to do something. And I just thought, Oh, my goodness, he's asleep, and I start laughing. And I think back in my mind, yes, I've heard these stories before of sleep talking, and I should be aware of this. And so I turn to him and say, Mark, there is no fire. You can go back to bed now. Okay, okay. All right, I said there's a fire. Have y'all seen Talladega Nights? How many people have seen Talladega Nights? I'm on fire. I'm on fire. Help me, Tom Cruise. Use your witchcraft to get the fire off of me. Well, that's what was happening. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Like, that's not my fault. That hurts my feelings. You All right, here we go. I got something on Lee. It's a shame that I can't. Oh, anyway, uh, number two. I'm sorry, number one. Second person. Okay, well, what Mark just did, quoting movies, um, was what I was going to say. That's, that's a good about segue, About my husband, Josh. It was a very good segue. Nice job. A um, couple of things that I wanted to share about Josh. One is that whenever he is around Mark or his sister... Um, they begin speaking this language that I don't understand, and it is movie quotes. Um, I remember when we first started dating, he would say things like, I have many leather-bound books. And I would go, no, you don't. What are you you talking about? Um, Because I I didn't watch those movies, and I have now become better educated. I start to recognize when he's speaking in movie quotes. Um, Another funny thing that I wanted to share about Josh, (laughs) this just makes me laugh, Um, we all... All of us went to Atlanta a couple of years ago, and, and Josh and I were first starting to get to know each other at this point. And um, he is a huge Atlanta Braves fan, if you don't know. Um, in fact, Catherine this morning asked, what are we doing today? Oh, it's Sunday. Josh is going to be watching baseball. Watching Braves. Okay. Boom. It's, it, the Braves. He loves the Braves. And so we went to a Braves game, and I don't remember what the occasion was, but <laughs> all of these players that he idolized growing up were there. They and retired we John Smoltz. That, Bobby Cox. That was when they retired Bobby Cox. That was incredible. We got to be there for that. He knows right? I don't. Huh? Um, okay, there you go. So, okay. yeah. Um, and, and anyway, we were walking through the concourse, and there goes one of his favorite players. That and Josh, smulty. of course, did not react normally. He, in a very high-pitched, girly voice, goes, There's your There's your And that was kind of my first. Um, we did do that. It's my true. first introduction to what Josh is I'm on fire! It's the same thing, see? That's just how it happens. This is how it happens. By the way, I, before Angela goes, these two were really funny. I just need y'all to like hold on to your seat and prepare because this story is freaking incredible. And it is my favorite story, and forever I will use this against Betus. I just want y'all to know that. Angela, no pressure. 
I'm probably not going to tell it as good as hey, you would. But I'll make, because you can't let the truth get in the way of a good story, so I'll, I'll, I'll add to it, too. Okay. It's crazy. Well, Austin wanted me to uh, give you some backstory to this so that he doesn't look like a nerd. <laughs> but he's going to look like a nerd. Yep. He, when we first went, when he went to college, was a music major. Okay, so he used to listen to mu movie soundtracks like normal people listen to the radio. He listened to movie soundtracks. And I knew this about him, but I still stuck there with him. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, oh, I had to do everything in our relationship. I had to ask him out. I had to take him on our first date. And <laughs> we're driving home for the first time to meet my parents. Incredible. And, of course, you know, I'm ready to hold his hand. So, Jenny's going to be my example. So, here we are. The consult's in between us. And I've got my <laughs> hand out, ready to go, you know. I mean, I can't get more obvious than this right here. <laughs> And we're listening to the soundtracks, and he reaches up, huh. and here he's coming down, so I'm ready to grab it, and he goes back into directing mode, and we're directing. Incredible, incredible. And I'm just looking at him like, are you serious? So I just had to grab it and hold on to it. <laughs> I do love him. I mean, that, and that story never gets old. Like, I just heard it for the first time yesterday, and I want to hear it, like, ten more times because, like, every day. I'm just telling y'all, y'all need to start praying for him because staff meetings, when he's saying something serious, I'm going to start doing like this. You know, because, I mean, that's just how it happens, right? I mean, whew, that is awesome. All right, number two, number two. We want y'all to know, um, we want y'all to know kind of what y'all do for fun. What is fun, hobby, Hanging out, what is fun? Angela, Jenny, Leah. We'll go in that order. Okay. Um, well, I actually forgot about this in the first service until we were walking out and I saw Wade. And I remembered that a couple of weeks ago, I went and learned how to shoot a gun for the first time. Huh. And it so was a beat lot us of direct, fun. he's in trouble. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. So I want to make that actually my new hobby. That's awesome. That's so awesome. I'll tell y'all that. Hey, yeah. Beat us. <laughs> It's incredible. <laughs> Leah, you're not allowed to shoot guns. All right, Jenny, go ahead. Uh, my, my hobbies are not dangerous at all. Um, I enjoy really nerdy things. I guess Beatus and I would get along. Um, I love to read. I teach English, and so uh, reading is something I love all the t uh, to do all the time. I love to write as well, um, and I like to run. Reading, okay. writing, running. It's almost like being in school, Re but it's arithmetic. Yeah, and I I don't even, I've never understood. Have y'all ever understood that? Reading, writing, and then arithmetic? It's not three R's. That's dumb, right? No one else thinks that? Okay. So anyway, that's awesome. That's awesome. It's just, we're letting y'all in today. We're letting y'all in to ADD today. All right. We're letting y'all in. Well, that's what, they used to say three R's. Y'all just go with it. But uh, Jenny is a very, very, very good writer. If y'all have never read her stuff, you should get on her blog. Um, very talented. And then Miss Leah. Our personalities are identical, um, so let let everyone in on how identical our personalities are. Well, I think for fun, I like to craft. Check. Uh, <laughs> when I have time, um, and uh, I think you may not know this about me, um, I'm like a real thrill seeker. I like to do crazy things like zipline, and I used to repel Mountain, the mountains when I was in college and high school, it was a lot of fun. And Mark and I have been talking about for years that we want to go jump out of a plane. So, that, that um, is somewhere so, that we're yeah, like, for I'm, real. I like some thrill seek. So, 
kind of. So Leah's like, like the real artsy one. She wants to have scrapbooks and pictures. And if if Leah could have fun, uh, like just imagine these three on a beach, okay? This is just letting y'all in on who we are. Uh, Jenny's reading a book, enjoying, right? Enjoying a diet, whatever. Y'all just, whatever. And then uh, Leah is painting the ocean, right? So she's got a, this is for real. This is for real. This is what you would do. She can lie if she wants to, but this is the truth. She would have like a huge canvas up, and she would have like the weird hat on from that dude. What's his name? Like with the big hair. Y'all used to watch him on PBS back in the day, right? And so he'd be like, he'd be like, do the weird sculpture things. That would be Leah. And it's nothing wrong with it. It's awesome. And then Angela would be shooting the fish in the sharks while all this is happening. So this is kind of who we are in a nutshell. And they'd all be hanging out together. It'd be amazing. So, so, but seriously, we are, uh, we are very normal people um, with normal lives. But we also have a lot of insecurities. And um, I, actually, Leah and Shannon, and she's going to share this, but I'm not stealing your thunder, I promise. Um, Leah and Shannon went through a thing together called So Long Insecurity by Beth Moore. I don't know if y'all have been through that. And honest to goodness, three years ago, they asked me, and I wasn't being brash, like, is my normal personality. It was just me being honest. They said, what are your insecurities? And as God is my witness, I told them, I don't know. Like, I don't care enough to have insecurities. In the last three years, <laughs> I have found some major insecurities in becoming a pastor and a church planner. So I could, I could have a sermon series called Mark's Insecurities, and we could have... Uh, four messages at least of 30 minutes of me explaining that. So we're all insecure at some level, but guys tend to be less than, than ladies, right? And so we wanted them to kind of share with you today their insecurities and like how the Lord sustained them through the toughest time in their life, how they've grown, how the Lord got them through it. And so we're going we're gonna to kind of combine the last two questions into one, and it's this. Tell us about your insecurities and how would you make it through difficulties without the Lord? Jenny, we'll start with you, and then Leah, and then Angela. He started with me because he knows I have the most. Um, I have the most insecurities. I have never said that I'm not insecure mm -hmm. about anything. In fact, it's the opposite. I feel insecure about virtually everything in my life. Um, and, and it really all boils down to the feeling of being inadequate, um, just not feeling good enough, not feeling like I'm worthy, um, and, and kind of worrying about, what everyone's perception is of me. Um, I would say that the, the thing I've probably struggled with the most um, since I was 16 is my appearance, um, which is so superficial, and I hate it about myself, um, but I have always had this, this huge insecurity, you know, how much I weigh, what I look like, and what I'm wearing, and, um, and all of that. And, um, and I despise that about myself because I know that's not what's important. I know Proverbs 31, you know, that charm and beauty are, are fleeting, and they're, they're not important. And, and um, you know, I'm very confident in my intelligence. I'm confident in my career. And so that drives me nuts about myself, um, that insecurity. But, but not feeling good enough. Um, and that insecurity, um, in a nutshell, I'll, I'll tell you the story. That insecurity was preyed upon um, several years ago. I had been married about 10 years. And um, my husband decided he did not want to be married anymore and left. And um, you talk about not feeling good enough. You talk about worrying about being inadequate. You know, I, of course, I looked to myself to see what the problem was. And, and even he said, it's not you, um, but you don't believe that. And so that, um, that obviously was the toughest time of my life, you know, to, to go in with that second question. And, and how did I handle that? At first, not well. Mm. Um, 
I'm not going to lie and say that it was an easy time. I, I was all but defeated. I really felt like my life was, was over, and I didn't know um, what I was going to do. And so the only solace I found was in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, during that time, uh, God's Word became such a place of refuge for me. It was the only comfort I found, and, um, and the words really began to make sense. I, I would just live in uh, the Psalms. I would mm-hmm. live in those words written by David and, and probably some others that, um, you know, that the Lord was the only place of refuge for me. And, and so um, that was the biggest source of comfort during that time. Um, and I also had wonderful people surrounding me, mm-hmm. um, you know, other believers who would remind me that even though this is not the plan I wanted for my life, that God's plan was still good. And, yep. um, and something wonderful was going to come out of it. And, and I can stand here today and I can tell you absolutely it did. Mm-hmm. Um, God's plan for my life has been opened up and revealed to me, and I don't believe that would have been possible had the tragedy not happened. Um, and so that would be my encouragement to That's anyone good. who is dealing with a major insecurity, whether or not it has come from a tragedy, is that no matter what it is, um, God is in it. He would not have allowed right. it um, if it were not for your good and for his glory. Right. And, and so even today, I, of course, still struggle with major insecurities, and I still struggle with that whole difficult portion of my life, even though things have gotten really, really good, and I can tell you a whole story about that later. But, um, you know, I, I still struggle, and, and one thing that I would say is make sure that you do surround yourself with mm-hmm. people who remind you of the truth. Um, mm-hmm. I, I have a lot of those in my life, and I have a tendency to get real down, and when I do, I turn inward. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't openly share what's going on, and uh, Josh, my new husband that the Lord brought me, he is very good. Uh, he's the one who wants to talk about feelings. I'm mm-hmm. not, um, and so he's very good about telling me to open up. Mark has become one of those people for me as well, like, hey, snap out of it. Let's talk about what's going on. Deal with it and move on. you got stuff to do, um, and, and so surrounding yourself with people who help with your insecurities. That's good. It's enormous. That's that compassionate side of me. So. Hey, I need it. Leah, um, tell us your insecurities and, the, you know, briefly the hardest thing or whatever that we have or you have dealt with and then how hard or impossible it would be, how impossible it would be without the Lord. Um, like Jenny said, the list can go on and on and on. Um, and I do feel like I have kindred spirit with Shannon. We did go through that together. Um, and it is a fabulous study, if you a book, if you've never gone through that. It really, it really brought out, it does bring out a lot. You may not want to bring it out, um, but it does help you through and helps you realize where they come from and how to deal with them. Uh, but I think my insecurity, probably the one at the top would be, of everything that the Lord has given me, um, I want to make sure I do it well. And not doing it well with having everything on my plate um, I don't know, it makes me nervous uh, because I don't want to, I don't want something to be taken away, um, basically is what I'm saying, just making sure that everything is done well and that I am pleasing him with what he's given me. Uh, And I think that stems from, uh, and this goes into my biggest struggle, was uh, Mark and I had a miscarriage, two miscarriages actually, um, and probably going into five years of our marriage, and it was... I mean, the most difficult time in my life, um, I thought that I wasn't going to be able to move on. Um, and from that time, I feel like, you know, I've, I've gotten this precious gift of my children, and I've, I've, in the part of all doing those things well, if 
I don't do those things well. Am I pleasing him because he has given me this precious gift? Uh, so in, in all of that and trying to make sure that I stay close and clean to the Lord, mm. um, I may not feel like studying the Bible. <laughs> and I'm, to be honest with you, some days I did not. I remember once, one time I went into the doctor's office and they were trying to check my blood levels and everything. And, and one, you know, very young mom comes in and She's just talking about it very flippantly, and, oh, no, I haven't taken my vitamins. Oh, it's whatever, and, and it just made me mad, and I was just mad, and I was just like, Lord, I just don't understand this. And at those times, you may not feel like reading his word. You may not feel like praying, but because I was grounded in Christ, those verses, those things that he whispered mm-hmm. into my heart came back to me, and I'm, I'm so thankful for those things. And if I did not have that, not have the hope, I don't know how I would have gotten through it. I don't know how anybody has gotten through anything without the Lord, and especially in our time, time of our life right now where we've gone through death and our family. Um, it just really kind of brings everything back into perspective of what's really important. Mm. And in this life, doing tons and tons and tons of things, and, you know, that's important, and this is important, and that's important, and no, no, this is important mm-hmm. of what God has given you. And everything that you do is eternal and matters in, e- in eternity, and glory, and, um, you know, just having that hope, and, and then the call of our church uh, is to have people find that hope. Yeah. Uh, we want people to find that hope, and without that, I don't know how I can get through with anything. That's good. So. Thank you. Angela? Um, I think my biggest insecurity is myself, and what I think um, you all are thinking about me. Hmm. Um, I put myself down a lot, but I do it through your eyes and your mind. I will say, I'll just use Jenny as an example because she's sitting beside me. But I will say, oh, Jenny, you know, thinks that I'm ugly today because of what I have on or my hair doesn't look good. And then, of course, I break down and cry. I eat. I yell, scream. There are cuss words that come out of my mouth. Um, and then my husband has to get me back into check into reality to tell me, no, your friend Jenny would never say that about you. She would never feel that way about you. And, of course, he tells me that I have a little pea-sized brain, and I need to get my pea-sized brain in check. <laughs> and then I usually do, and I'm okay. Um, and then how has the Lord helped you? If, uh, basically, the question is, can you imagine life without God? What would it be like? No. How, how could you possibly get through? Um, my life has changed a lot from the time that I was born. I was born um, Catholic, and so my spiritual life, I've been Catholic and then Baptist. And I didn't have a relationship with God when I was a Catholic. I, I felt like I just was trained how to be a Catholic and not how to be a Christian mm-hmm. and a believer. And um, I, I don't want that for my children. I want them to have this relationship that I now, after 35 years, have discovered. And I was telling people, you know, we, we are trying at this church to reach the least, the lost, and the lonely. And it's not just something that we put on our shirts. Yep. We really mean it. Because there are so many people out there. There are many people in my family that are the least, the lost, and the lonely. And I don't want to think about them spending an eternity in hell when there is so much better way. And just to know that 
there has to be a higher power. Mm. There has to be. You have to have that faith that he is out there and he will take care of everything. Just in my job, every day that I see a patient come up to me, you know, that has survived a surgery, there's a God. Mm. Um, I want to tell these three ladies that I'm grateful for all of you. Um, certainly my wife, um, what an amazing wife you've been for 13 years and you're a blessing. Um, but Jenny and Angela as well on that trip to Atlanta, like you talked about and all the late nights and the juggling kids and everything else that you do. And then the countless hours that I ask of your husbands, um, I want you to know on behalf of our church that we're grateful for all three of you. And, um, we wanted you to know today that we're normal, you know, like we really are. They have kids and they have uh, crazy husbands and they have responsibilities here, but they're just people like straight up. They have insecurities and they struggle. And uh, I wasn't going to preach, but I am <laughs> uh, because I have to. Uh, I just really felt pulled by the Lord this morning. And so it's going to be very brief. But man, it's the verse that's on my heart this morning. And so I just want to give it to you. Can I grab this from you in a second? Um, so I can have my hands. I like to talk with my hands. Um, so y'all know a little bit, Leah's aunt went to be with the Lord Tuesday night. And um, then we had the funeral yesterday. And then my grandpa, uh, he kind of fell asleep Friday. And so he never woke back up. And then at 3.30 a.m., he went to be with the Lord in his sleep, which is such a blessing, by the way. I am so grateful for that. But it doesn't change that he grew up across the street with me. And he watched my kids. So every day that I dropped Haston off, Haston ran and jumped into his arms. And that on Easter Sunday, where Heather's sitting right now, he sat. And he was probably my favorite person to preach to because he talked to me the whole time. I want to be Pentecostal. I want people to talk to me. And he talked to me the whole time. I loved it. I loved him being here on Easter and being healthy and living across the street from me. All those things, I loved it. And it is difficult. Um, I have the ability internally to turn it on and turn it off. That's not always a good thing, but it's really who I am. And so I can fight through emotion, but I got that feeling in my throat like some of you have this morning that I feel like I've got strep throat worse than you can imagine, like a knife's going through. Some of y'all are with me, aren't you? I can see it. I know that you're there. I can't imagine life without God. How do people do it, man? My intent this morning is not to be emotional. My intent this morning is not to trick you into an emotional decision. My intent this morning is to tell you the truth, that we all struggle. Ladies, your insecurities, are, you're not alone. Men, if you're battling something deeply, you're not alone. But I cannot imagine the feeling of not believing in our hearts that we have the hope of glory in Jesus. I'm, I'm telling y'all, what I said at the beginning of the message, I'm telling y'all, this is unbelievable. Like God's given me something I believe in my heart that I wish I could explode and give to you now, but I don't want to ruin it. But y'all better be coming to church the next few weeks because I'm just telling y'all it's going to get crazy, okay? I'm telling y'all don't miss it. But this is it. Like, just watch. I took a class on the life and teachings of Paul and then went through his, his letters one by one with class after class after class. And I read Colossians 1 in the last couple weeks and it exploded off the page. Why? Because we have the hope of glory. Like, that's my future. That's it. Like, it's not just some good words, but it's the truth that I have the hope of glory waiting on me. And that right now, my grandpa is with my papa and they're having a cup of coffee in heaven sitting beside Jesus and every knee is bowing and every tongue is confessing that Jesus is Lord. 
That's not a hope that I wish. That's a hope that I'm securing because I'm fastened in Jesus. I cannot imagine. I cannot imagine what life would be like without him. Like at the end of the day, I can't imagine. Like I don't understand. I want to shake some of Leah's family that have watched his funeral. And even some of mine that are far from God, I just want to shake them because I love them, not because I'm angry. And just say, there's hope. And the hope's not out there and the hope's not in stuff. It's in Jesus. Really. In the worst times, if you've lost your husband or your wife, if you feel all abandoned and alone, we have someone that's closer than a brother. He came and he endured the cross. He took our shame. And now he's seated on God's right hand and my grandpa is watching him and her aunt is watching him. And all of our friends and family that have gone before us that knew Jesus, they're there. So when I get to preach a funeral on Tuesday, I'm not sad, I'm excited. It's a homegoing celebration. But when you're hurting, when you're hurting, one of my good buddies sent me this verse this week, and I've read it a ton of times, and I claim Romans 8, 28, man, we know all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And that's us followers of Jesus. But in a time like this, how can it be good? How can Jenny's divorce be good? How can Angela's difficulties be good? How can two miscarriages be good? And later in the second week, my family falls apart. That's not good. No, it is good. That's what God wants for your life. He wants you to go in the direction that he wants. No matter how good you think your life is today, he's got something better. And it is awful. It is as close to hell as we can get. But in the middle of that moment, this is two verses early in verse 26. Romans 8, 26. I encourage you, if you don't know it, please look this up today. Please look this up today. Romans 8, 26 says, in the same way, the Spirit. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have God's Holy Spirit living and dwelling inside of you. That is why you are the church, and that's why we have hope. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. You know, in those moments, and I added those, you know, in those moments, where we don't know what we ought to pray. You can't even get the words to pray. You're hurting so bad. You're so deep. You're so alone. You don't even know what to speak or even to think. This is it. Listen. But the Spirit himself intercedes for you. For you. For us. Through wordless, or excuse me, through wordless groans. He doesn't even speak. You'll never hear his voice. But he groans. He groans on your behalf. When you are hurting, when you're alone, when you feel hopeless, when you feel like there's nothing you can do, he groans on your behalf. How can a person get through this life without Jesus? And my answer to you today after going through a hurricane and a tornado and an earthquake in the same week is I do not know. But the reason we exist, as Angela said, is to reach the least, the lost, and the lonely. We are all least lost and lonely at some point, aren't we? That's all of us. The gift we want to give you is the hope the hope of glory. Can I be honest with you? I envy my granddad right now. I want to go sit on his lap like I was five years old and I've watched Hasten go in and I think about myself being his neighbor growing up and just say, man, we're home. <laughs> He's with Jesus, man. This week, I'm going to go through something difficult. Y'all are going to go through something difficult. We're going to have awesome things happen. There'll be wins in our life and losses in our life. But I'm going to tell you what, there's no more tears today for him. There's no more crying. There's no more hurts. Only hope. Because 2,000 years ago, death was defeated. 2,000 years ago, death was defeated. 
because Jesus took that pain and rose from the dead and he is our resurrection. He didn't just rise one time. Today, my hope for you, ladies, I hope you feel honored. But more than I hope you feel honored, I hope you know Jesus. Not a, not a facade or a fake life, not something that you prayed when you were little. If you did, that's fine, but it's not about a prayer. It's about trusting. It's about placing all of me and saying, God, I need you to be the Lord of my life. Be my Savior. Today I will live for you because of what you did for me. Forgive me of my sins. I live for you. And it's honestly just confessing with your mouth and then believing in your heart. It's not about a magic prayer. And I'm asking you today, I'm asking you today, do not leave here, no matter who you are, no matter how old you are or young you are, do not leave here today. On Mother's Day, we want to celebrate with you. We're going to give you a gift. But do not leave here today without knowing Jesus, please. Do not leave here today. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just ask that you'll be completely honest with me this morning. Being completely honest, I just want to know this truth. Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Say, Pastor Mark, man, if I was going through the same exact thing that you're going through, I've gone through like some really difficult things. Mark, I've gone through some things that are so much harder than you can possibly imagine. It's harder than anything you've been through in the last week. And you haven't told me everything, but I know there's been some other hard stuff, but you can't imagine what I've been through. Listen, we have the hope and glory if we make him the Savior and Lord of our life and move ourselves out of the way. I want to know this morning if there's someone, and this is what I think salvation really is, you're so desperate, and at the end of yourself you say, more than anything else, I want Jesus. More than anything else, I need Jesus. I need the hope and security of the Savior. I want to be saved. I'm going to count to three. There's nothing special about that, but I'm going to count to three. And I want you to shoot your hand up as high as you can and say, that is what I need today. I need the hope of my Savior. I need to be changed forever. I need Jesus to be my Savior and Lord. So on the count of three, I just want you to shoot your hand up all over the room as high as you can like you're trying to touch the ceiling. One, two, three. Shoot your hand up. Thank you. Keep it up. Anybody else? Anybody else? Shoot your hand up all over the room. I want you to shoot your hand up and say, right now, that's what I need. I need Jesus to save me, to change me, to make me new again. I want to have new life in Jesus. There's more time if you want to be saved right now. I just want you to shoot your hand up. Shoot your hand up right where you are. Can, will everybody just look up at me right where you are? In just a second, I'm going to ask you to stand up. But here's what we want you to know, okay? I believe most of the people in the room are followers of Jesus. Most of the people in the room. And I also know that I've talked to some of you specifically this week, and you're going through a really hard time. Really hard. Some of you, like, Maybe you've never been through a tough time, but listen, the truth is if you try to follow Jesus closely, they're coming. Am I saying that Satan killed my grandfather and aunt? Nope. I think everybody has an appointment and God called them home. But it's hard. It doesn't change the fact that it's really difficult. But some of you have some really, th really hard things going on that has nothing to do with death. It's internal struggles. It's something with family. Do not try to do it alone. This week, at your lowest point, in your darkest hour, or even if you're on the mountaintop, put your face in that word of God and let it become alive to you. It is amazing what happens. It is amazing what happens when we get in God's word and we trust in him. Above all else, we believe that his word is what makes a difference. And so I'm just asking if y'all will do that. And so will you pray? Will you guys stand with me so we can pray?
Guys, we want to tell you how grateful we are that you're here. I'm so proud of our ladies on Friday night. We had an amazing, amazing night of worship and to our sound guys and to our band and to all the volunteers that volunteered in the kids' area and every, everywhere. We just want to tell you, man, we are grateful. It was awesome. I'm so pumped up about what happened on Friday night. Ladies, we love you. We are grateful for you, seriously, not just word of mouth, but in truth and action. We are truly grateful for you. We have a gift for you, so make sure you don't leave. Before you go, make sure you don't leave without that gift. God, we love you so much. And the reason that we love you is because you first loved us. And because in the worst of times and in the best of times, you comfort us. When we are groaning and hurting so bad, you speak on our behalf. We can't even get words out, God, because we're hurting so deeply. And yet you speak through us to God. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for us. There's no other name under heaven by which we can be saved, and so we're grateful. There's nothing better than the name of Jesus, and so we want to tell you we love you, and we're grateful for you. And God, today we're going to finish with some fun and tell you that we sure are thankful for the hope we have in you. Amen.